Uh, I'm not sure if this is going to work. Hey, we got to have fun with it. It's going to work. I I really don't know if this intro is going to work. It's going to work. Just trust me. Formula One is back again. Lots of race setting pace. We're ready for the new year. Let's go, let's go, let's go. Mercedes is looking rough, very tough. Just our luck. Hamilton could be the best. Will he win number eight? Max is going for the lead. Can he win? Oopsie spin. McLaren's car's looking sharp. Watch Lando fly. Lots of drivers in new seats. Sergio, Ricardo. Will Carlos outshine Leclerc? Who knows, who knows, who knows? Haas has a whole new lineup. Or money, legacy. Williams under new owners. Will George I get a shot? Many races to enjoy. 23, soon to be, who's ready for the season? We know we freaking are. Welcome to the first ever edition of Off the Pit Wall, an American F1 podcast. My name's Dan Zaleski. Joined with me, my co-host, my other racing extraordinaire, Hunter Connolly. How you doing, man? It's a pleasure to be here. Welcome to the first edition, bud. We welcome to episode one to the starting point. The the yes yes the uh, the preseason test, if you will. Yes. This isn't a pilot; it's a preseason test. I, I'm really excited for this podcast. I really think that this is going to be awesome. Hunter, you're one of the people who originally got me into F1, and I, I love the idea of both of us coming together and being able to talk about. The races that are coming up, we're going to be talking about upcoming races. Uh, we're going to be doing recaps of races after they happen. And we have some really cool topics that we're going to be talking about in between over the entirety of this upcoming Formula One season. And I cannot wait to just get into it because I'm not going to lie, Hunter, I know you're a huge motorsports fan, regardless of what exactly it is from Formula One to NASCAR to IndyCar to whatever. But you really sold me on Formula One over the over yes. these past couple of years, and I'm I'm excited to be here with you for our first episode where we're going to be predicting things about this upcoming 2021 F1 season. Should be good. Should be a lot of fun. I'm I'm very excited. Yeah. Before we even dive into this, how excited are you for the upcoming 2021 season? Oh, I am. I think I'm ecstatic. I think that Mercedes was sandbagging in preseason testing. So we'll see what their real pace is. But I'm so excited for all these new seats, these all these new drivers, the seat changes, just everything. Like this, I don't know, like this year seems like it's really going to be just an all-out battle because next year is going to be a whole new car. So all the teams are just just throwing everything at the fan and going to see what sticks. And I think it's actually going to be a fantastic season for the top two battle all the way through the entire midfield. I, it's going to be a blast. Yeah, I mean, we've been looking at a lot of strides made by McLaren. They, you know, impressed a lot of people at preseason. Everyone's wondering what Ferrari will land back at after last year's stumble. I mean, Aston Martin, there was a lot that people were hyping about Racing Point the year prior as well. You can't count out Mercedes. You can't really count out Red Bull either, especially now that they have Sergio in that second seat. Mm -hmm. I mean, there is... I mean, the only teams that don't have hype around them are like Alfa Romeo. <laughs> like they're the only yeah. ones that didn't change anything and no one's Alpha expecting anything. Old, yeah. yeah. Alpha's the only team where we haven't really heard much from the from the from the, the media talking yeah. about. You know, like they're the only team, honestly, that hasn't had some sort of change, whether it's a whole brand change like Alpine or drivers like Haas, completely new team. Oh my god, yeah, I for, I forgot uh, you, you reminded me. I forgot for a moment about the Alpine rebrand. Oh my yes, god. Got, 
And then we got we got my hopefully uh, rookie of the year. We got hold on how many how many rookies do we have this year? We have three three, three rookies. We have three rookies this year. I one hundred percent believe my boy Yuki Sonoda is going to be rookie of the year. I think he's going to score multiple points. Yeah, well, that may or may not be one of the questions we're going to be answering today because you and All I right. are answering our official F one twenty twenty one predictions and we're going to come back to these at the end of the season and we're going to look and basically break down which one of us predicted more questions (laughs) right let's start with some of the teams that are really making moves that people think could have a major performance difference compared to years past so the Mm -hmm. first question is going to be with ferrari they took a huge dip last year they finished what sixth in constructors i i believe they did Yeah, they finished uh, sixth in the Constructors last year, and obviously people are used to them being a top three team form, being, you know, in that upper tier above the midfield. Right off the bat, where do we think Ferrari's going to finish this season in the Constructors? Uh, I honestly think sixth could very well be where they are again if they didn't figure out anything with that engine. Their, Their power plant two years ago was unbelievable, and so unbelievable that there was some sort of backdoor deal done where they couldn't use it anymore. So uh, clearly something was going on there, and Ferrari never really seemed to have a a uh, aerodynamic philosophy when it comes to building their cars. They always kind of seemed to be more power, and when they lost all that power, they kind of lost everything. So I think if the engine didn't change, if they didn't figure out a new power plant or a new uh, some 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 way to get their their speed back. I think they're going to finish exactly where they did last year. So you're going to put them in sixth. Yeah. Wow. Okay. I mean, I I think that they have the ability to change a little bit, like upgrade a little bit. I mean, also, I'm not going to lie. I don't really have a lot of high hopes for Alpine this year. I th- I have a lot of hope for Alonso. Ocon, I th- he's just like there. Like, I mean, he's an F1 driver. He's a fantastic driver, don't get me wrong, but he doesn't push that car. So I'm just going to hope that Alonzo somehow just puts that car on another level and and does really well with it. Yeah, I mean, I'll be honest. I don't think Ferrari returns to the form that we knew them in in 2019, but mm-hmm. I definitely think they improve upon where they were last year. They've had time to kind of consolidate a little bit of what's going on. So with that, I'm going to put them in fifth. Okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna say literally middle of the table, fifth in the constructors for uh for this coming season. Obviously, I mean I also agree that the engine is not necessarily gonna see a huge amount of upgrades, but I think that they perform well enough that they're gonna do a little better than uh than they did last year. On the flip side, a team that instead of falling down the order was steadily climbing the order, last year's third place in the constructors, McLaren. They're they're looking hot. They're looking great. They they could easily fight for P two and maybe a championship. Well, I I honestly think that this could finally be that year Daniel Ricardo has been searching for since he left Red Bull. I I think I quite honestly think that there is going to be a six way fight. Assuming we don't get too many DNFs or DNFs happen in in good ways for certain drivers, I honestly think there could be a six-driver battle for the title for for a couple weeks. 
Really? Oh, okay. Yes. You, well, you said for a couple weeks. You're you're saying that this is going to shake out at some point in the season. I, well, yeah, it's it's going to shake down at some point. We're going to get two. We're going to get two. We're we're going to get two runaways. Rarely do we get, especially in in the in the in the modern F one that the past few years have been. Rarely do we get that different of a podium. To be completely honest. Mm-hmm. So I think. Obviously, after a few weeks, after after probably for sure halfway through the season, we're going to have two guys who are clearly gone and fighting for the title. But I honestly think that if Lando starts as hot as he did last year, if Daniel Ricardo can, if if the, if the honey badger can come out swinging, oh sorry, I don't know if we're cursing. Sorry, I was, I was, if the honey badger <laughs> can come out swinging, uh, then I think he could really, really put it to him. Uh, Valtteri, I would love to see Valtteri take it to Lewis. I, I, I really don't know if he truly can because ever since they've been teammates, obviously he's won a lot less and he's gotten a lot less polls, but he's always right there on times. And so it's just, I want to know what is it? What is it that, that doesn't allow him to, to really take it to Lewis every year? And I think he just needs to not be teammates. I okay, think okay. Just, but what's your answer? Where's McLaren going to finish? I fools a fools a fools bet. I'm going Red Bull, Mercedes, McLaren. Okay, so you're saying McLaren or McLaren's coming in sec or no no, you said Red Bull, Mercedes, McLaren. So you're saying McLaren comes in third in the constructors. Yes, that's like or that's a combination of 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 what the heart wants and what the brain knows. Oh. Oh, I'm being tempted by the heart, though. No, I, okay, put it this way: if, if we're putting money on it, you think with your brain. If we're going, if we're going just for for philosophy here, if we're just going for hypotheticals. Go with the heart. I I kind of want to go with the heart on this one. I go think, with the heart, buddy. See, the problem for me is that I look at this. I look at the top three teams. Okay, mm-hmm. I look at Mercedes. I look at Red Bull, and I look at McLaren. And to me, I feel like when it comes to the constructors and where McLaren finishes in the constructors, I think it comes down to how well and consistent the second drivers of each of those teams perform. So I need to think, like, where does Lando sit in that pack of three? Is Lando better than Perez? Is Lando better than Valtteri? Is he not better than any of them? I and That's a great question, but I think... So Lewis and Valtteri, a proven, fantastic points finishing pair. That's true. Other than other than the 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 rare uh, mechanical failure or or wet weather shunt, they always finish in the points and almost always on the podium. Max, same thing. Assuming he doesn't get wrecked, wreck himself, or have a mechanical failure, almost always finishing on a podium. Okay. I think Perez is going to be always fighting for that podium because he thought he was done. He thought his career was over. He doesn't – I don't think he's going to care. I think he's just going to send it. Like Albon and Gasly, when they were in those seats, they were so afraid. At least I think they were. I think they were so worried that, oh, if I don't perform every week, I'm going to lose my job. And I, I'm just starting and I'm so young and blah, blah, blah. Sergio's like, I've been here. I thought my job was already gone. This is just, this is just a free ride. This is a free ride in a fantastic car. I'm just going to go go all for it. So that's why I'm saying Red Bull is going to beat Mercedes. Well, I'm going to put McLaren second in the constructors this year. Wow, I have okay. decided. I'm fine with that. I'm, I'm fine with that. I'm but. sticking them second, and I think it's going to be a hotly contested second. 
you know, even if the drivers gets locked up early and, you know, who knows, maybe Mercedes is like truly sandbagging like hard and they'll just run away with the constructors. I think McLaren's going to be constantly fighting with Red Bull. I, I do hear what you're saying about Perez just not not caring and just, you know, like balls to the wall every single great. time. Yeah. No, no, no. That's what that's what I'm saying. Like, he's just yeah. going to constantly be throwing it. Um, you know, in into whatever gap he can, he's going to be doing whatever he can do to to fight for those podiums. I just, oh, I think that there's a lot of momentum with McLaren, and I think that they can pull off second in the constructors this year. I would love and, to see that. And here's the thing: if it's Red Bull first or Mercedes first, I I don't I can't say I can't say for certain, but. I think McLaren is going to be fighting for that, and I'm gonna I'm gonna put what the heart wants a little bit and put them out there in second. Now, um, what we will say though about Mercedes mm-hmm. is that uh, I watched all of the the preseason testing, and they did change with the every car had to change their um, rear diffuser, I believe, to get less downforce to make the racing better or whatever the the exact rule change was it was McLaren it was to create some it was to create trail. less um less suction to the ground and less downforce okay. that way yeah so mclaren has found some ingenious way to essentially not lose any and if anything like gain some mm-hmm. but mercedes the way they chose was they added from what i understand they added more weight higher which means they raised their center of gravity and they also moved it back a little bit so therefore the car is going to the car is going to snap more so what used to be like a perfectly driving car for Lewis and Valtteri now seems to be something that they're going to have to try to catch and and figure out while McLaren and Red Bull have cars that both Lando and Max, at least, are very comfortable with. Maybe Mercedes isn't sandbagging and they truly are. The two drivers are actually fighting this car right now. Well, well that's going to be the que- honestly, that's going to be one of the big questions. And if. If they aren't really sandbagging and some of the control problems that they had in preseason testing are genuine, that's going to make for a very spicy season. And I'm looking very, forward to very it. Very fun season. Um, well, the next question we got to talk about is about the drivers who are in new seats for this year. So there are three drivers right. that are sitting in new seats. Well, actually, there are four drivers, excuse me, sitting in new seats. Uh, <laughs> I, I forgot about one. But uh, Perez, Ricardo, Sainz, and Vettel. Those are the okay, so returning drivers, returning yes, drivers, re- returning okay. drivers in new so, seats. So we have a lot of new seats, technically. Yeah, yeah. No, we'll get to the rookies a little bit later on. But those are the four drivers that are have moved to a new team at this season. And the question is, which one of them is going to finish highest in the drivers championship? So between Perez, Ricardo, Sainz and Vettel, I don't know about you. I think this is obvious. I'm going with Ricardo. I don't I I didn't think I would love to see Ricardo, but I honestly thought Perez. You thought Perez is going to outscore Ricardo this season? Yes. My oh. boy Checo. Red Bull Racing, baby. I I love McLaren. They're one of the first ever Formula One cars I ever saw with the with the with the Marlboro scheme. Uh they're what I always think of when I think of F1, but I honestly think Sergio is going to is going to shock the world. I think he's going to do fantastic. I mean, do you think Sergio's going to score more points than Max? That's a great question. That I will not be able to answer until after the first week. <laughs> okay, you're you're because, leaving it the first week performance to see. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'll, I'll base the rest of the season on that first week. I'll be that. I'll be that jerk. But yeah, no, I I know Max can get on the podium and should be on the podium every single week. 
mm-hmm. in the current in the current scheme of, of Formula One, he's on the podium every single week. Will Perez now be battling him for that third spot, or will they actually both be fighting Mercedes for the one-two and for the front row lockout? But a driver you didn't mention, because of all the rest of the drivers, signs that Ferrari's not looking great, and unless they found some magic, I don't think so. And Vettel, we know that car when it was the the pink Panther, if you will, when it was the when it was the pink Mercedes. Yeah, I don't know if it's that same car again i don't know if they still are going to have all that speed so if it is we saw how fantastic sergio did in it so we would hopefully see vettel do similar but i truly think perez is going to beat ricardo but if alpine has improved even more and alonso is as 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 fit and as good as he says he is i wasn't counting alonso i don't care i think alonso could beat ricardo what? But I think Perez. What? I'm being. I'm just being honest. I think that Alpine, if they improved, if they improved, Alonso could beat Ricardo. I okay. I'm gonna say. I'm gonna say this next part, and and you're gonna have to live with it. Okay. Okay. Alonso is not a net positive for Alpine. Whatever whatever advantages Alonso is going to give that team. Okay. Is going to be negated by the fact that he's going to shred Ocon. Oh, you're saying he's going to absolutely be better than than Esteban? No, no, no. Well, no, no. well he obviously he's going to be better than Esteban. But okay. what I'm saying is that Alonso has a huge history of just berating his teammates. Okay, yes, and just shredding them. Ocon's going to walk out of the seat. Honestly, I it's, it's 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 sink or swim, baby. When you're when you're racing with the world champ, you got You got to be tough. Yeah, no, I don't think I I don't think Alonso's gonna help Alpine. In fact, if anything, I think that it's gonna take whatever growth and advantages that Ocon has built up to this point and just completely flush him back down to when he was the reserve driver for Mercedes. I think that if you're an F one. You need to have tough skin. You're constantly being berated by media, by by people like us who are who are just fans, but we're talking about it still and we're still putting it out there and for all we know they could listen to this. You know what I mean? Like they have to listen to, to their to their own team, they have to listen to their family, they have to listen to their, their their crewmates. If you can't handle all that, you're not gonna make it. Alonzo has that I'm the best, get the hell out of my way mentality. And if Esteban just can't deal with it, he can't deal with it. Well, Hamilton well, has that, here, Hamilton has that mentality, but he's humble with it. So it's so strange because he's a, he, he's a killer. Like he's, he just destroys everyone. But then he's just, when he's on the press, he's just nice. You know what I mean? No, no. Here's, but, the, but, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Esteban, okay, Ocon is part of like the younger generation of drivers that has been coming up and establishing themselves in F1 over yes. the past couple of years. Okay. Yes. And... The pro- the thing that we're seeing with that is that yeah of course you gotta have tough skin and of course they've had to have tough skin to even get to this point in the first place. All I'm saying is that you gotta like build up some level of confidence and Alonso is just really good at just negating people's confidence. I mean, I I think the best example of that is you look at Pierre Gasly. Pierre had half a season up at Red Bull. His confidence got shredded by Christian Horner. Don't even get me started on that guy. And then he was thrown back down to Alpha Tauri. Uh, are they rebranding? I forget. 
no, no, no. No, they're no, still Alpha the Tower. At the time, they weren't was, Alpha Tower. It was Toro Rosso, then they rebranded yes, Alpha Tower. Now they're Alpha Tower. There you go. Uh, the the brand changes are just constantly bouncing around in my head. But the point being is that once he got back in that car and was like get put in an environment where it wasn't about completely destroying his confidence every single day, the man excelled and the man took advantage of a terrible situation on the part of Hamilton, but took advantage of that situation and held off Carlos Sainz to win his first ever Grand Prix in Monza last year. Yes, in in a car a fantastic race. Yeah, in a car that should have never done it. <laughs> so He's looking like an excellent driver who at some point is going to leave AlphaTauri and going to, you know, sign up with one of the higher midfield or even top team potentially. Like you got to you got to foster a little bit of that confidence, you know, to go along with that cuz of course don't they have to have start tough skin. Them that young. Then don't start them that young. Wait until they actually have a repertoire and then bring them in. I don't under, I don't understand. So Red Bull brought in Max when he was 17 and he got a podium or whatever his first race. And I think that's what screwed F1. Was <laughs> if, if Max wouldn't have been as good as he was right out the gate, F1 still would wait until a driver was at least a little bit older. I'm not talking 30s. I'm not talking late 20s, even mid 20s, but just not teenagers or 20 year olds. And that's what every single team has done since. Ferrari did it when they brought over Leclerc from Williams. Or he wasn't at Williams, sorry. Um, where was he? He was at Alpha. Yeah, uh, at the, yeah, at the time he was Salba. Or yes, exactly. But yeah. So F1 has completely changed now where it used to be it was the the 20 best, well, not well-known, but at least established drivers in the world. Now it's the 20 best drivers who were who seem to be also the youngest. And uh, Damon Hill is on record saying, we're also not seeing the 20 best drivers in general anymore. We're seeing the 20 best rich kids. Mm. <laughs> well, that's and, that's a topic that we don't have a lot of time to dig into today, but no. I do get what you're saying. That's definitely yes. a huge conversation for a later point about mm -hmm. about how, you know, but it comes just, down to I, money. I, I think, well, racing in general is just all about money and who's willing to, to, to burn the most money in front of their face. But... All these young guys, if they if they can't swim, they're gonna sink. Max could just Max could swim into a tsunami and swim through it. It just, and like he just doesn't care because he has that killer world champion mindset, and he's gonna be one someday. Albon just seemed like he was he knew he could drive and he knew he was a good driver. He was in F one, but he just seemed to to have self doubt. You can't have any self doubt. Okay. If Ocon has any self doubt from Alonso. That's that's too bad. You, you weren't going to be a champion anyways then with that mindset. All right. Well, speaking of young drivers, let's look at the three rookies in, that are coming in this year. You got Yuki, you got uh, Mick Schumacher, and then you got Nikita Mazepin. Of those three rookies, which one's going to finish highest in the Drivers' Championship? I think if they were all in the exact same car, it would be a fantastic battle between Mick and Yuki. Oh, yeah, um, yeah. for sure. Uh, Nikita... I truly don't know too much about him. I know uh, from memes and whatnot that he seems to be a very rough racer, and he he will. Uh, he seems to me, without having too much knowledge and just from memes, he seems to me to be the next Kevin Magnuson, where he's just going to drive into people and just drive way too aggressively and not even finish the first lap of first lap of some of these Grand Prix. So I don't know about him. But if I truly believe if Mick and, and Yuki were in the same exact car, it'd be a fantastic battle between them. I'm going to go, though, with Yuki because 
I like Yuki. I've been watching him through F2. I've been watching Mick through F2 as well, but both fantastic drivers, but Yuki's in a better car, and I like Yuki more. So I'm going with Yuki Sonoda. Yeah, and I'm going to follow you with that. Yuki Sonoda is just in the better car. I mean, Mm -hmm. if you look at last year's standings, how the constructors ended up, Alpha Tauri wasn't the top of the, you know, bottom of the field. They were the bottom of the midfield. There was a huge gap between them and Alpha Romeo. Uh, who mm-hmm. came in eighth. So, I mean, the the car looks so much better for Alpha Tauri, so that makes a lot of sense. Does that make Yuki necessarily better than Mick Schumacher? No. He just happened to get a better starting point in F1, if you could even call it also that. Time, yeah, and also time will tell. I, I think both of these guys, as of right now, have a fantastic chance of having long F1 careers, starting the teams that they have started in and, and having the backgrounds that they have and the connections they have. Uh, as long as they can perform on Sunday, I think they'll both have a long career. So we'll actually get to see, as time tells, who will be the better long-run driver. But for this first season of theirs, I'm going to go with Yuki and that AlphaTauri. Yeah, of course. And now, of course, Mick and Nikita are both on the same team. They're both on Haas. Haas with an entirely new lineup and not even you know new to them, new to F1 period. So with two rookie drivers and the fact that Haas has been basically bottom feeders the entire time with the exception of Williams. How many point finishes do you think Haas is going to collect over the course of the season? Uh, I mean, if you look at last season, I think they had, uh, they had two. three. Like, I think yeah, they had like two or three points, like the whole, like, yeah. Yeah. So how, how many point finishes do you think that Mick and Nikita are going to rack up for Haas? If, if this car is somehow like the car they had that first year, they showed up and came in fourth in the constructors then they could have a, a lot. They could have every single race, assuming well, yeah, no mechanical but, or, but assuming the car is just as bad as last year, hopefully for them a little bit better with all this new sponsorship money um, and all these new investors. But let's see, there's 23 races this year. Yeah. So up, so your answer is anywhere from zero to 46. If you think they're going to yeah, get points finishes yeah, in it, every race. Uh, if we're going off of the the 46 number then, saying, well, we'll just go off at least one of them scoring for the 23 races. Uh, at least one of them scoring for the 23 races, I'm going to say, if they're lucky, well, they'll get seven. Well, it, it is total points finishes. So if both of them okay, finish, that's 14, two. You're saying 14? 14 potentially. I think realistically, if we're talking about both of them, six okay, or seven. Well, if we're talking we, about both of them, I'm saying... Yes. I'm saying seven races. I'm just saying seven races as a team. They're scoring a point if they're on it. So what? So I, what's your guess? Give me your seven. 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 I said seven. Okay. Seven. Seven race seven. weekends. They will score a point if they are lucky. Okay. Again, I did mine on like individuals. So like you know, if they both score in a race weekend, that does count as two. So okay. I'm going six. So we're the same number. I mean, we're right around the same number, but you're like. Th- I don't know. You're you're thinking about like a greater potential because some of those. Yeah, I would love yeah. to see Mick just just do fantastic. And I mean, true. Like if Nikita can do great, uh, that'd be great too. But I, I realistically, with the way the car drove last year, I do not think they will be fighting too much for 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 top tens. Yeah, I say six, thinking like four to five on Mick's part, and then one uh-huh. to two on Mazepin's. Yeah, that's a, and I think that would be fine. I think Gunther, I think good old Gunther Steiner would be uh would be ecstatic with with that. It's better than it would be better. It would be it would be an improvement. So 
Ah, oh, yeah, that that certainly would be an improvement. And the only team we have really yet to talk about is the team at the very bottom of last year's constructors. That's Williams. And a basic question for Williams, will George Russell win his first points in a Williams during the course of this season? Yes or no? That's a, that's a great. I like that. I like the I like the stipulation there that in a Williams. Well, uh, he did earn points. He but a, he, cause, yeah, because he yeah. has a point. He has a point now. Uh, well, I thought it was but, two points. Oh, did he? No, he came in ninth. Yes. So I, thought it, I thought it was two points and fastest lap. Did he not get fastest lap that race either? He might. He might. I really don't know. Oh, I, whatever. I, either way, we're not. Which is such a sham for him, but it's fine. Yeah, we're, uh, we're not. OK, point point being his first point being point, yeah. first points in a Williams. First points in a Williams. Will it happen this season? Yay. Nay. He, what do you he, say? He really was close this year, like a couple different tracks. And then he like. He he spun out under a under a safety car and threw away any chance he had. Like he was in like the top six when he did that. So like obviously because of pitting and whatnot, but still like he could have tried not to fall back past tenth. So I'm gonna go. Yeah, I'll be optimistic. I like the paint scheme this year. I think George is a great driver. He is very strong mentally to have driven for this team for this many years now and just dealt with this. But yeah, I'm I'm thinking he's going to at least get a 10th place finish at least once this year. I am also going to agree with you. I think that he does earn his first points in a Williams. I think it's also going to be Williams' first points in what, two years? Something like that? I think three years. Yeah, like some ridiculous number. Um, but either, either way. The next question, uh, we got to take a look at the Formula One calendar. And the question is really simple. We talked about it uh, last year on a uh, a different podcast, on the pregame podcast, when uh, we were doing the F1 content on there. Which race will the Drivers' Championship be locked up? I said last year. You said Mon- you said Monaco. I last said year. Monaco last year. Yes, which is the um, fifth race of the season this year, round yes. five uh, in May. I'm going to be much more optimistic for a awesome title fight. I'm going to say this year, round 20, Brazil. Ooh, okay. That's that's I, really late. I really hope that this year is going to be just a dog fight. I don't care if it's just two dudes every single weekend trading spots. I don't care if it's Max and Lewis just every single weekend back and forth. I think, hopefully, for uh, for the best season in the past couple of years, points-wise, it'll be round 20, Brazil. That that is incredible. I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to throw out a scenario that would be really cool to experience. OK, so I'm not going to say round 20. I'm going to stay optimistic. Uh, I am going to stay optimistic with you. OK, I could go for something in like, you know, within the first 10 rounds. Uh, well, I guess since we're doing it, like at what point will the driver's championship be locked up? Like there's no turning back. I guess it would have to be later just because mathematically, even if it's early. You know, there is the possibility of people coming back. So at the point, the point that it'll be clinched, I'm going to say, okay, this is this is the world I'm living in. Round 21, Australia. Okay. Just because if it does happen, it'd be really crazy if Daniel Ricardo locks up the Drivers' Championship at his home you race. Think, wow, you think Ricardo's going to be the, the Drivers' Champion this year? I, I I don't think so. I don't really think so. Oh, but okay. If, but you just said it would be awesome if that were the case. It, it'd be awesome if he locked up his first ever Drivers' Championship at his home Grand Prix. Because normally he doesn't get a chance to even do that because Australia is, you know, at the beginning of the year. 
So yeah, normally it's the very first race of the year, and the past couple of times he's ran there, he's he's wrecked out or some sort of bad luck's happened. So yeah, well, I'm, I'm gonna, just hope it's better. I'm going to say Australia is when it's mathematically locked up. Well, we have, we have two questions left, and they're the questions that you knew were coming. First off, who is going to win the drivers' championship? I think if you are statistically betting here and wasting your money, you have to say Lewis Hamilton. Uh, I think if you are going off of the the joy of of watching and and the the, the heart. I think that Valtteri Bottas, but he could, you know, he's in the same car as Hamilton. He could do it. He could. The past how many years have proven that he can't? Well, this could be the one that's different. You never know. Oh, never count. God. Never count him out. But I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be the, I'm gonna be the dark horse here. I'm going to say someone that you're not even going to believe I'm about to say. You're going to say Perez, aren't you? Checo, baby. You're saying Checo. God. Sergio Perez wins a world title before Max Verstappen. You heard it here first. I can't believe it. I honestly can't believe that you're actually naming Sergio Perez as your as your driver's champion this year. Sergio Perez is going to break the streak of Hamilton and he's going to get it done before Max. You know what? If you're if you're doing this, if you're doing this craziness, I'm gonna follow you into the craziness. I'm actually right. gonna put down Ricardo. Ricardo's gonna get all it right. done in the McLaren this year. That's unbelievable. But all right, I, don't know, I would this, love to see either of our predictions come true. This <laughs> this relies on McLaren sandbagging to actually be a true problem, and for them to not be very quick on getting it solved. It, during what the course of the season, or Mercedes, yeah. Not who did I say, McLaren? You said McLaren. I was like, yeah, huh? yeah. no, 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 Mercedes. This relies okay. a lot on Mercedes issues being, you know, completely true and not too sandbagged. So that that's the case. And with, you know, with that being said, are you going to say that, um, you know, for the final question of the constructors' champion, are you going to say Red Bull then? Again, if you were actually wasting or spending your own money on betting, I'd say Mercedes. But, yeah, I'm going to go Red Bull. And I'm actually going to follow you. I'm going to say Red Bull, but I'm going to say Ricardo still wins the Drivers' Championship. I think... I think That is absolutely nutty. I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to say that Max and Sergio take enough off each other that it splits it, and Lando, like, comes in, like, fourth or whatever, and Ricardo wins the whole thing. That's... That that's what I'm thinking, and that again, be, this this would be fantastic. Th these predictions are all very much in a world where we want Mercedes to just kind of not <laughs> be the Mercedes. Just, just you know, still still put on a great show, put on a good fight, but but not win every single race by by twenty seconds. Uh huh. And I'm one of those people who that's racing. I don't care if you lap the whole field. If your car was that dominant and you were that consistent of a driver, good. You deserve to win like that. Don't try to change the racing to change that. But after God, how many years now, I, I do want to see a different team win. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Uh, so we are going to put these predictions on the shelf and we are going to look at these at the end of the season. Uh, first race of the F1 season is coming up this weekend in Bahrain. Uh, I mean, it's the first race of the season. We already made our predictions. There's not a lot we can talk about going into this race. So we will be back next week to talk about what happened at Bahrain and, you know, who we saw that overperformed, underperformed, you know, maybe our own picks for driver of the day, 
All of that will be coming next week. But for this first edition of Off the Pit Wall, we got to wrap it up and get out of here. Make sure if you have any questions, comments, or discussion uh, of things you want us to talk about here on the podcast, make sure to send it to our email, offthepitwall at gmail.com. Beyond that, we'll say goodbye for this week, and we'll see you guys next week after the Bahrain Grand Prix. My name's Dan Zaleski. And I'm Hunter Connolly. And we'll see you on the next edition of Off the Pitfall, an American F1 podcast. The pregame podcast is produced by Dan Zaleski. With assistant producers Kalen Wolfskill and Hunter Connolly. A Ruby Media production. <laughs>